Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Mick Jagger, it is his birthday today. He's got to be celebrating his, I don't know, got to be at least 110 today, right? Um, he actually is 79. Boy, if there is somebody that looks older than 79, it is certainly Mick Jagger. Uh, somebody that knows a thing or two about, uh, about rock and roll and just about anything else is uh, somebody that I've been lucky enough to get to know a little bit over the last few years, Zena Hassel. She is the founder and CEO of ZLH Enterprises and the author of the book My Armadillo Skin, How I Made It as a Woman in the Field of Telecommunications. Zena, it's great to talk with you. Thanks for getting up early. Oh, you're more than welcome. This is the other side of midnight that I haven't seen in a while. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll try not to uh, be too boring that we put you back to sleep. Uh, Zena, before we talk about the book, what exactly is ZLH Enterprises? What kind of work do you guys do over there? We, we are a business-to-business technology consulting company. So we work with businesses and we evaluate their internet, VoIP, voice, Fix Me, I'm Broken, security awareness training, um, and we do all of that. We uh, broker, so to speak, or or look for the proper carriers to connect with the customers, and then we stay around. We help provision. We project manage all the services. We do the uh, customer service, and then if there are billing issues, we get involved. If there are service issues, we get involved, and and we typically can do that. 
um, with, without a uh, cost to the customer. Oh, really? Well, so if I've got a business, I've got a, an insurance company, let's say, I say, you know, Zena, I think I might be paying a little too much when it comes to uh, my phone or Internet or whatever the case may be. I call you and you do sort of a, an audit of everything that my company is spending money on. And then you implement a plan as to how to fix it. And then because you're you're saving the company some money, we don't have to usually pay you anything additional. Is that in a nutshell? Well, sort of. So there, there are several kinds of um, companies like mine that are out there. Some mm-hmm. of them will take a piece of the savings going forward. We don't do that. We look and see whether or not there has been any uh, misbilling in the past, and then we recover that. We'll take a fee only on that previous recovery. Hmm. And and the, the feeling on that is you paid money that you didn't know that you shouldn't have paid. So whatever you get back is found money for you. Our fee is is a percentage of what we get you back. Any plan that we are able to put you on to save money going forward is your savings. I we see. Are, we, and we are compensated by the carriers. Gotcha. Okay, great. And if, by the way, if people are interested in learning more about the business or think that uh, you might be a good fit for their business, they could certainly check out your website, ZLHENT.com. That's Z-L-H-E-N-T.com. So I really enjoyed this book, uh, My Armadillo Skin. I think it's uh, I think it's fun, but also chock full of information. Uh, let's start with the uh, the title. Why do you call the book My Armadillo Skin? Because if I didn't have a really thick skin growing up in this business, I, I don't think I would have survived it. All of the jabs that I took for the multiple years of, of, of learning, um, I was constantly bombarded. There was one company that I was with, and I was always being told, what are you doing here? You should be home barefoot and pregnant. Um, I was laid off while I was on maternity leave by the personnel director who reported to me who said, well, gee, I didn't know that you were on maternity leave. I'm sorry. What did, what do you think you hear in the background? <laughs> so there, there, there was a lot of, um, you know, water cooler bathroom kind of joke going on. And, and, and if you couldn't, if you couldn't handle it, you had to get out. And, and so you, you, I sort of, grew a layer of skin every time something happened and just said, I'm not going to let it affect me. Let me just get on with things. How long have you been in the telecommunications business? Um, since, oh, see, now you're going to make me give my age away. <laughs> Ball, ballpark. Give <laughs> us a ballpark. Late, late 70s. Late okay. 70s. All right. Let's so put you... it this way. Alexander Graham Bell and I shared phone numbers. <laughs> So you certainly, I'm sure, have seen your fair share of changes, both when it comes to technology and the culture in the telecommunications business. Why is, or at least why was, the telecommunications industry such a boys' club? Why was it so male-dominated? Clearly, there are a lot of women, I'm sure, like you, who could make very valuable contributions, not just as a, as an owner of a company like you, but I would think in all sorts of other fields. Why did it become such a male-dominated industry? Well, I mean, for for one thing, it's one it's it's a uh, what people call a, a STEM kind of an industry. Um, technology and women historically do not enter that kind of a field. Mm. But also, if you if you're looking at the telephone industry, um, a lot of that uh, began with the telephone company cable 
installation people or engineer people, and they tended to be male. Or you, or you had the engineers coming out of school, they tended to be male. So it, it, it was and still is actually a very male-dominated field. Probably, let, I mean, I haven't seen the recent statistics, and I should have done that preparing to come on the show, so shame on me. No, no, that's okay. Um, you know, we're, we're probably at about 15% women, and then women business owners, significantly less than that. So there, there's still, I guess, a stigma in women going into technology, and that has to stop. It, it's not like you're going to be considered a geek. If anything, um, you know, it, it, people can it, – it's a, it's a very nice field to go into, I'm really happy that one of my daughters is in the business with me now. Yeah, I know your daughter, Jody. She's uh, she's a great person and uh, really, really a go-getter when it comes to this. And uh, she's a, a very impressive uh, woman. So it sounds like she had a pretty good mentor in uh, in you and blazing a trail for not only her but a lot of other women that uh, that are coming after that are coming after you. If people are just tuning in. We're talking with my uh, with the author of the book, My Armadillo Skin, uh, Zena Hassel. It's uh, Z I N A, not X, like the warrior princer, uh, princess. Uh, it's available on Amazon. H A S S E L. You can search Zena Hassel or My Armadillo Skin, and, and it comes uh, it comes right up. So one of the things that you do in the book is sort of provide a roadmap to other women that want to do well and want to advance in the telecommunications industry without giving away all your secrets in this discussion. What are a couple of tips that you could give women who want to rise through the ranks of the telecommunications business? Well, it, it, it's, not, it's not just telecommunications. It's not just women. Um, it, it, it really is something that anybody can use. But in terms of a roadmap, some of the things, people um, tend to get afraid to say things at meetings. Um, and that doesn't mean just to run your mouth off to hear yourself speak. But if, if you have something to say, don't be bashful about it. If you go to a meeting, don't sit in the back because, you know, you're, 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 you, you don't feel comfortable being there. You, you sort of have to rise to the occasion and, and put yourself in the mix. And, and if you have something good to say, then go ahead and do it. On the other hand, if you're not happy where you are, I'm a firm believer that if you're not happy at what you're doing, you're not going to be good at what you're doing. So move. Mm. Just leave if that's the case because it's not good for you, for you and it's not good for your employer. And I did do that when I made the transition from healthcare administration into technology because I, I did not go to school to be a technology person. I went to school to be a, a hospital administrator but that didn't work out for various and sundry reasons. And I got up and I left. And it was a very big step. I took a significant cut in pay. And you have to be able to do that. You have to be in a position to do that. Uh, One of the things that I think everybody that's been in a managerial position over the years can empathize with is the difficult time that folks may have in terms of letting someone go. There's an employee that's just not cutting it for whatever reason. And I know from uh, countless experiences that I've had in talking with people that firing someone can be one of the most stressful things that they have to do. In your experience, if an employee is just not working out, how do you handle a firing in a way that is to the point 
uh, but that it doesn't necessarily take an emotional or professional toll either on you or the person you're firing. Well, interestingly, at one of the uh, one of the companies that I was with, they sent me to become a certified management trainer. And in that training class, we actually went through how do you determine that it's time to let somebody go? And, and you really want to make sure that you want to let the person go because there is a cost associated with that, not just severance pay or whatever you're talking about, but there's a cost for having an open position. And, and just in terms of the humanity of it all, you want to make sure that if you are letting somebody go, like I had to do for Jody once, um, you, you you wanted to do it in such a way that you don't deflate their ego. Wait, you had to fire your own daughter? <laughs> yes. You're kidding. I, 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 I am. You know, people may think that, oh, she's in the business and she's got it easy. I am so hard on her. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes I have to turn around and apologize because I, I just want to make sure that she understands that she's got to earn her way. She came to work for me once many, many years ago, and it just wasn't working out. So we sat down, and at the end of the discussion, I, I guess she thought that she quit. I knew that I had told her it was time to go. But we came to this mutual understanding. We didn't hate each other. She went back to the hospitality industry until it was time for her to come back again. And and no hard feelings. You know, that lasted anyhow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's very funny. Now, but when you fire somebody, you want to you want you don't want to say, "Hey, you stink." And you know, just get out of here and 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 take your rotten ways and and go someplace else. You you want to amplify the skills that the person does have, and and maybe where those skills are best suited. And many companies have outplacement departments where they can actually, um, you know, when you hear about all these major layoffs going on, oftentimes they have these departments that will help the employees find suitable new employment. And um, what, what about recruiting talent? How do you know somebody that applies for a job is a good fit for your company and the culture at a company? Well, and uh, how, how can I uh, you know, put this without breaking any rules? There, there are so many rules now in, in hiring and in interviewing, um, questions that you, you can't ask. And if, some, if a future uh, employee or an applicant starts talking about something, you have to tell them to stop. You can't even listen to what they're saying. They can't say it. Um, so you, you, you just have to get a feel for um, – I mean, I, I know there's one company that I know of that before you get hired, you have to be interviewed by umpteen people in God knows how many departments. They want to make sure that you are going to be a fit for their company culture. So it, does that always work now? Um, but you, they, they want to make sure that your your personality, your skill level is such that it's going to fit in. Uh, I typically look at what are the skills that the person has and will, will those skills be uh, transferable into my business. Mm. Uh, we're talking with Zena Hassel. She's the author of the book, uh, My Armadillo Skin, which you could check out. A short book, but it's chock, chock full of uh, useful information, not just for women, but for anybody that uh, is looking for some practical advice on how to advance. And it's also chock full of uh, interesting anecdotes about Zena's life and, uh, and career. 
Zena, what's a common mistake that women who are looking to advance in the workplace make? Are there is there any uh, any pro tips that you could offer that'll help women avoid common mistakes if they dream of maybe owning a company one day or even starting their own company? I, I think maybe maybe one oversight is that people don't get themselves a mentor, and and mm. so you've got mentorship, you've got continuing education. But mentors are invaluable because that's somebody that you can use as a uh, a sounding board, uh, you know, letting them know what uh, situations you may be facing at work. I mentor um, uh, college and graduate students um, that come from a certain university in, in, in Manhattan. And, you know, we talk about all, all sorts of things. Some of it business-related some of it personal related that may roll over into business. And I think that they find it very helpful. Well, it is uh, certainly a, a helpful book. Uh, My Armadillo Skin. Zena, it's always a treat to talk with you. I look forward to seeing you in person soon and uh, at, at the very least chatting again on the radio soon. Well, I, I enjoyed this. And let me just leave you with this one. Whenever you call in for customer service someplace and you get stuck in, stuck in that continuous loop, with the uh, with the uh, the voice prompting, as my husband says, that's your industry. You did that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Zena Hassel, uh, author of the book My Armadillo Skin. And again, if uh, you are interested in her for professional reasons, you can certainly reach out via the website as well. Z l h e n t dot com. That's z l h e n t dot com. We'll take your calls in just a minute. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Any subject is fair game. That's eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.